0: .com to start winning. What's going on Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. I'm Derek Larger, my buddy Lawrence Owen, Mr. Colts Law himself is here joining me today. And today we're going to talk about some of the questions that were answered and unanswered coming into the 2021 season. The 2021 season's over, we have had some time to think about everything that's been going on, and now we can kind of look back on some of these and try to see if these were answered or if they weren't, or if they were somewhere in between. So, We'll start with this one first, and I think Lawrence might have a different answer to this than me. Maybe. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, we'll talk about the Colts quarterback situation. So we're talking about Carson Wentz here. Coming into 2021, everyone was wondering, you know, how how is Carson Wentz going to pan out? Is he going to be the quarterback of the future for this team? Is he going to show something to prove that he can be? Lawrence, what's your... Uh, opinion on that. Was that situation answered
1: or was it unanswered as of now? As of now, it's unanswered. Um, I like a lot of what I saw from Carson Wentz this season, but there's also a ton of improvement that needs to be made. And uh, quite frankly, this is a situation where we was hoping that we would have a definite answer by the end of the year, but the way the season progressed... Obviously, the last couple games of the year puts on a huge, you know, like a lot, a big stain, you know, and it's going to be very difficult to get rid of that stain on, on the thought process of Carson Wentz. But right now, it's unanswered. And I honestly, I've been of the opinion that you don't give up on somebody after one year, anyhow. You know, always go two years uh, because the first year inside of a system with new people and everything don't always pan out the way you, you uh, are hoping or expecting. But what happens from here on out, I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I, I have no idea. I am just as much uh, uh, kind of waiting and and and. Uh, looking forward to what, you know, Ursay, Ballard, Reich will make on the decision for that uh, for this upcoming season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The unanswered part of this is just due to the fact that you're right. I mean, Reich, Ballard and Ursay are all not coming out saying Wentz is definitively 100% going to be our quarterback of the future. And that's the one thing that you needed to hear in order for that to be answered. We just don't know if that's going to be the case or not. You you saw some good things from Wentz early in the season. Then at the end of the season, that gave you a little bit of doubt. Uh, So, yeah, as of this moment, it stinks to say it, but that is an unanswered question at this moment. But now we'll move into uh, something here that I think you and I will both agree on. We looked at this 2020 draft class, and we asked ourselves what uh, what Pittman and Taylor could bring to this team. We all saw – Pittman has the ability to make great plays. Taylor was showing at the end of the season just how good of a player he can be. And we saw what they did this season. And so do you believe that the question was answered or unanswered on Pittman and Taylor taking those next steps to be great players?
1: Well, I mean, it's... uh, (laughs) Jonathan Taylor was in the MVP conversation for 2021, so that's a big fat yes, yes. Uh, for Taylor, anyhow, uh, without any question at all. Uh, Pittman, to me, is a yes. Did he have mistakes? Yes. He has some drop balls? Yes. But he also pulled some really good plays out of nowhere, uh, plays that you could you know think of where he just mosses a dude. You know, right now... Uh, at the end zone and gets into the end zone. That that was a a massive play, but the, the drops make me a little bit worried. Um, I have seen quite a few of those from him this season, especially drops in places where he supposedly where he wants to, you know, high ball, right. And you see the ball go right. Like the Jacksonville game was a prime example where it's right through his hand, darn near interception because of it. He's got a, you know, lock that down, you know, it was only a second year. So I I have to agree that, yes, uh, Pittman, you know, ended up uh, exceeding. I wouldn't say he exceeded my expectations. That's about where I thought Pittman would be personally uh, at this point in his career. And I believe that he can be that and has become that ex-receiver for the Indianapolis Colts.
0: Yeah, I mean, this one pretty is pretty chalked up. I mean, what Jonathan Taylor did from year one to year two is just absolutely sensational, unlike what a lot of running backs we've seen before. And, I mean, uh, Michael Pittman, yeah, I think he improved on some things that made him a definitive, like we can understand at this point, he is going to be a guy going forward that we're going to need to get involved, and that's what you needed to see. As you know, Phillip Rivers didn't really get him involved that much early in the season. Tried to at the end. It really just didn't work out a lot of times. But you saw him and Wentz, especially early and middle of the season, those two had a very special connection. So it was good to see Pittman start to get there. Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. The excitement of when Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, Gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in game offs on every major sport. WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's go to the next one here. And that was talking about the depth on the offense, especially on that offensive line. You know, we asked a lot about, you know, Ballard always talks about adding a lot of good guys, especially on the offensive line when you're talking about, and we saw this year that depth came into very big handy when obviously the Colts got hit with the COVID bug and then guys kept getting injured. You know, unfortunately, the majority of those came from our offensive line. So uh, was the question answered or unanswered on Ballard's ability the to address the year, the depth on the offensive uh, line?
1: If you would asked me week three, I would have said no. Um, but as the season progressed and they started to understand uh, who played where and how and, and, and what they were good at and were able to put certain players in the positions of where they could succeed the most, I would say Yes depth wise now i'm not going about all the five starters but depth i think is very very good for the Indianapolis Colts on the offensive line i think I think your backups at each position i, I especially uh at the garden center positions are phenomenal i think are, are are you know where you don't have to worry about that 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 pressure coming up the middle or the, the power blocking in the run game. Uh, It doesn't matter if we're, we're starting out with Quentin Nelson out there, or if you know, you're out there with uh, Will fries, you know, you know, the, the very bottom of the barrel that we have right now on the, on the, uh, the guard position. I think we have seen that you're comfortable. If someone goes down and needs to be, you know, replaced by somebody even, you know, like I said, the third string uh, for the most part.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we're talking about it all off season. You know, there was – you can't expect all these guys to maintain healthy uh balances through the entire season. And thank God that Ballard did not go through with that the second time around. I mean, you, you're right. In that Cardinals game, we were scraping the bottom of the barrel. Will Fries – the seventh round draft pick out a Penn state coming in and having to be the savior at guard position, because we went down Chris Reed and Quentin Nelson. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was great to see the depth on this offensive line because you're right. Like at times it fared very well. Danny Pinter had to step in for Ryan Kelly in his absence for multiple weeks. And, you know, he played very, very well. Uh, Chris Reed, you know, at times it almost felt like you forgot that Mark Lewinsky or Quentin Nelson was even in there at times because Chris Reed was playing exceptionally well. And then you had, you know, Will Fry's coming in in that Cardinals game, first start, stepped up, did what he had to do. Uh, Matt Pryor, who, you know, at the beginning of the year was a little he was a little slow to get started on that right tackle spot because that's not mm-hmm. something he's primarily great at. But, you know, the middle of the season when he started getting comfortable in that spot, him and Glow really did a fantastic job. Hell, I'll even even go with the hot take and say that that right side of the offensive line midway through the season was actually a lot better than the left side of the offensive line with Fisher and Nelson. I'm going to say it right now. They were better at pass blocking than the left side of the offensive line by a long shot.
1: So I, I agree with that. yeah, I, I think run blocking you still went left side. yeah, but pass blocking was stronger on the right.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and you know, I mean, it's great that in one off season, you acquired two guys that you know really could be almost starting caliber guys almost anywhere. and then you drafted a kid that ended up having to play some time and you drafted one in 2020. Which you now feel comfortable with putting in there in a situation where, you know you have to replace them. You know, they talked a lot about Danny Pinter when they drafted him, said they were actually debating bringing him in, in the fourth round because they were afraid of not getting him sooner. I mean, and i'll I'll throw this question out to you right now. I'm sure I don't want to put you on a spot right now, but I kind of feel like I have to. With the depth of this offensive line, from what you've seen, because we got guys that you know you feel comfortable in bringing in, does it make you feel more comfortable if the Colts decided they wanted to trade one of these starting five that they have right now in a in a deal, and you felt that they were comfortable with saying if we traded one of them, we? Feel confident in the guys behind them could step in and give us very close to the same production. Do you think that's an option, or are you saying that the or do you think the Colts are keeping that front five intact no matter what happens?
1: No, no, it depends upon which of the front five you're talking about. Uh, I would not trade Kelly or uh, or, or Big Q for anything. Uh, I, I, in all honesty, uh, those two guys are phenomenal as a pair. As a pair, they are the best one-two left guard center combination in the NFL, period, in the discussion. Okay, well, the way they work off of each other and come off double-team blocks to hit the block in the second level, uh, and, and it's, it's you know, whether or not it's, it's Nelson going or Kelly going, that's absolutely a phenomenal, beautiful thing to watch uh, when you're looking at the All-22 tape. Mm-hmm. The other guys, I, yes, uh, if uh, I, I like Braden Smith, but I I I am on the page of, you know, if Pryor has to come in there and start, okay, I doubt it. He just got that extension. Uh, Glowinski, <laughs> love Glowinski. Glowinski was the, one of the most steadfast offensive linemen that was there all year and played very, very well. Yes, you know better than he did last year. Yes, um, by by a by a long shot. But at the same time, I like our backups at guard. If we needed to move on from him, I wouldn't feel too too bad about that. And Eric Fisher, uh, if, if we need to get rid of him, then that that's fine. <laughs> I'm just right. gonna say, yeah, that, it's right. just what
0: you do at the left tackle spot from this yeah. point on. I I have no idea what they're gonna do at that spot. I really have no idea. But yeah, I mean, and that's the, that's the one thing outside of Pryor that, you know, Ballard might have to address more of is the tackle spot because I'll be honest – My eyes cannot stand Sam Tevy or Julian Davenport on that left side of the offensive line anymore. You You might as well
1: put a traffic cone in there. Why is
0: there at left tackle? He used to do that at Penn State. I'm at this point where I'm just saying, let the rookie go out and do something. It can't be any worse than what Davenport has looked like. Come on. Hell, you know what? He can't even be any worse at pass blocking than Eric Fisher was late in the season. That, Eric Fisher was mm, god-awful at
1: pass blocking this year. Yeah, but Tebby was not very good in the run blocking. Uh Tebby was just bad all the way.
0: Tebby down. was bad altogether. Bro, he was getting beat by second and third stringers oh, in the preseason, man. Uh,
1: he was so bad that everyone except me was saying Ben Vanigo is gonna have a breakout year because he was lighting it up in the offseason. And I'm like Dude, he's he's going up against third stringers. <laughs> against third stringers, bro. Let me now, see you do
0: it against third stringers. So that's why, that's why I've been against the whole argument of people talking about Sam Ellinger. I I I, I love I love that that's a thing in Colts Twitter land now. Uh, listen, folks, uh, I, but we're getting off tangent here, but I'll just do something real quick. Sam Ellinger, for the life of me, will not will not be the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts in 2022 or ever, unless their starting quarterback gets hurt. That's the only way Sam Ellinger gets the start, gets the start at all. I'll be in
1: prison because I will drive my car right up into the complex and be like, what are you
0: doing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. All right. Well, we had a little rant there. Let's move on here to the next point. And we'll talk about the defensive side of things real quick. Um, and we'll talk about the pass rush because that was the one thing that we talked about on the defense the whole time was saying, you know, this defensive line, it had its moments, but it was, it was still so inconsistent in 2021. You know, and I was, I was amongst many, and Lawrence, you can tell me here in a second if you were the same way. I think that Ballard completely botched the Autry move. Um, I thought that, you know, even though Autry wasn't being like spectacular with Tennessee this last year, I still felt that he was, you know, a semi-good player. And I thought that, you know, he led our team in sacks the year prior, other than Buckner. But I thought he was our best edge rusher, and I didn't think it was a great idea. For Ballard to trade away all the veteran guys and just bring in two new guys, regardless if you think they're the future or not. You know, you still have an obligation to keep somebody in there in the weights that knows what they're doing. And in my opinion, the pass rush uh did not get answered this offseason because, again, we we think that they can potentially be the future we think they can be but as of this moment in time the pass rush didn't just get it didn't get better it got worse
1: did it get answered no um i'm i'm of that same opinion that uh the the colts pass rush was not up to par to what we need especially when when you're looking at a a zone covered scheme which uh you know, is one of the reasons why the Colts midway through the season kind of went away from that zone and ended up going man. You know, because of the, the pass rush just wasn't there. I'm still okay with the Autry and Houston uh, being let go and not re-signed. Um, both guys were over thirty. Um, the Colts needed to get younger and faster at that position. The snaps, nothing. Helps a player more than experience. And the young guys weren't getting snaps and the experience because Autry and Houston were getting all the snaps. Uh, and to be fair, I look, I think Autry had a heck of a season for the Titans. Uh, I, I think he, he might have been uh, one of the top 10 best free agency signings of the NFL, uh, the Titans signing him uh, because he really opened up that pass rush uh, all, all the way around for that that defense. It, it turned them from one of the worst defenses in the NFL to one of the better ones in the NFL uh, from one year to the next. But the Colts needed to get younger and faster, and the only way to do that was to let the guys who were going to be getting the snaps anyhow, let them go so the young guys see what you got and and, and get that. Now, did they live up to it? No. It's Quiddy Pay's first season. Dio didn't come in until like way late in the season. Right. Um, uh, Ture wasn't used enough. Terre's production for snap count this year was absolutely phenomenal, right? Being that he only got like 20% of the snaps. And I think he was second on the team in sacks. Uh, so, or second or third. Um, uh, but he only got 20% of the snaps. And he played the majority of the year. I think he missed two or three games. So, uh, was it answered? No. Did they take a step to where I think they could be? Yes. They still need pieces. They still need to get that alpha edge rusher. I don't think I don't think Pay will be an alpha edge rusher. I think he'll be a beta. I think he's one of those guys that'll be you know an eight to twelve guy, eight to twelve sack guy. But when you're thinking of alpha, you're thinking of twelve plus uh, every year you know,
0: yeah.
1: uh, generally. And I don't think Quiddy is an alpha. Uh, I think Quitty's very good against the run. I think he'll, he'll be a good, good piece for the future. Still need to find that guy though. And we'll see what happens this upcoming season.
0: Yep, uh, definitely some uh, questions still need to be answered for them.
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Uh, Let's go to another spot here on the defense, and that's the corner position. I think going into the offseason, a majority of Colts fans, I know Cody and I uh, shared that same opinion, was that corner might be the one position that the Colts might need to address the most. Even with the bringing of Xavier Rhodes back, you know, you still knew he was not going to be a long-term solution. And, you know, you, you were pretty thin at the spot. You know, I mean, Kenny Moore was the only reliable guy. And, you know, this season we were asking, is Rock going to improve? And is somebody in the, in the background going to step up and finally be the guy, right? Well, I think we have two answers right there. And I know – uh you and i uh, especially after i don't know which game it was i know you and i went on twitter a lot over the last couple times and we're saying that this little thing that we were seeing between rock and isaiah rogers and guys like that like this wasn't a fluke this is actually them looking like a duo at corner that could potentially keep going in the league and i think I think from what I saw in 2021, I think that this this might be the most improved spot on the roster, one of them, because you went from thinking that you might need to do an overhaul on this group to now saying you you have confidence in saying that Rock and Isaiah Rogers are showing you something that makes you believe and answers the question that these guys can be your corners going forward.
1: Rocky Sin, his biggest issue was he was handsy, and he was getting PIs, and he completely eliminated that this year. He was the most consistent cornerback on this team, and that's including a certain Kenny Moore, you know, yeah. who, who made the Pro Bowl. Uh, Kenny started the season off awful. Uh, you go talk to anybody who watches tape. He, he started the season off awful. Kenny was consistent all through the year. Very, very good. Um, Rogers is a guy. I think give him another year or two. He's going to get good. Uh, he still has some things to improve. He still will get, he takes chances and, uh, bites on double moves. He's got the ability and the quickness to be able to make up for those. But, there's been times where he just got burnt, especially uh, earlier in the season, like against uh, Seattle, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but I think overall, yes, this might be the most improved position group, and I, I agree with you, uh, of this entire Colts team, not just the defense, the entire Colts team. Um, I, I love where they're going with this. Uh, I, I could see Kenny Moore, Rocky sin Isaiah Rodgers, and, of course, Blackman and Willis being back there at the safety position, I like where our secondary is sitting at.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and the great part is is they're all young, too. Mm-hmm. And that's the even better part is the fact that everyone's under the age of 27 at the moment. So, you know, it leaves you a lot of room and a lot of growth there, too. And I think it's going to be great. Uh, last question, and it was something that you brought up to me uh, before we started this. And that was does TY still have it? Now, me, I've been back and forth all season with this. I've been kind of going back and forth with it. It's like I don't think he does, but at the same time, he makes a player two that makes me think, uh, he does still have it. You know, like I'm curious to know your thoughts because obviously you watch more film than I do. I I'm and I asked you this, I think, several weeks ago, you know, about. Was it more of T.Y.'s fault why he wasn't getting involved in the offense, or was it more of the scheme? I think you answered that question to me before, but, I mean, what's your opinion? Is there an answer to that on if T.Y. still has something left in him to provide for this Colts team?
1: Absolutely, he does. You know, I have watched so much film over this past, you know, week and a half since, you know, that awful Week 18 game. T.Y.'s getting open. But he's, he's still far down the, the progression chart. Uh, Carson Wentz has his number one guy that he looks at, and that is Pittman Jr., right? And then T.Y.'s generally somewhere opposite of the field, which means that progression chart goes way down the line. T.Y.'s not getting the looks, uh, but he's still getting open. He's still making plays. He's still making catches. Uh, I think T.Y. still has it. Uh, do I want to pay him $10 million a year this upcoming season? Probably not. Yeah. But if he still wants to play and eh, he would give a, a reasonable, uh, uh, you know, asking price, you know, six to eight million bucks, I'd say. Sure, bring him back, uh, especially with an off season where Carson Wentz can actually sit down and throw with him maybe. That would be nice. You know, get that trust uh, with him because there were plays this year where Carson was finally able to see him because the he he had so much protection, or he extended a play like that deep crossing that went for sixty-three yards uh, that we saw just a few weeks back. That that's the kind of stuff Ty can still do it. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't see him doing you know the ten catches, hundred and eighty yards, and two touchdowns, uh, and he left, but. Uh, he he still has enough to definitely uh, give the Colts a little bit of extra boost where they need it. And quite frankly, that's, that's all you ask for, especially his leadership in the locker room is just phenomenal still.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think just certain factors have to be put into play when it comes to T.Y. Hilton. And, of course, you know, we're going to find out here in a couple weeks whether or not – him and Doyle are even going to return at all. So we'll see. Well, we'll see what they decide. Um, you know, both of them have kind of talked about over the span of this season how much of the game of football has taken a toll on their bodies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I hope that, you know, for their sake, they kind of take a, a you know, I, I hope they do some soul searching and understand and be at peace whatever decision they make. Because, you know, Andrew Luck found out that one, and I hate to bring it up, but I mean, obviously, Andrew Luck found that out, but he found it out at a bad time, you know, for everyone's sake. Mm -hmm. And you just hope that T.Y. and Jack can kind of understand, you know, obviously, they're going to talk with each other because they're best buddies. They're uh, perfect teammates for each other. So obviously, we'll find out here in a few weeks uh, whether or not they're going to continue or not. Uh, at least before free agency starts so that way Ballard can know what needs to be done with them going forward. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let me know in the comments what you thought. Is there any other questions that you thought we missed that I could have uh, brought up in this? But I'm Derek Larger, my guy Lawrence Owen, aka Colts Law. Guys, if you haven't already, subscribe to him on YouTube. I don't know what y'all are doing. Okay, so you guys need to go subscribe to him. I'll have a link for his channel in the description. Thank you guys again so much for the continued support. And as always, go Colts.